right. All right. Well, this morning we're starting a new series, uh, Heart for the House. And for the next 10 weeks or so, we're going to be in this series, Heart for the House. In this season, God is renewing and wanting to renew our heart here in this local church at First Assembly. Uh, obviously, God wants to renew our heart for things of the kingdom. We're kingdom people. Uh, we, we know that God is moving all over Calgary. There are fantastic churches all over this city. And we're so thankful for what God is doing. We're kingdom people. But there is a unique call. There's a unique heart that God desires to give you and me a renewed heart for this house at this time in this season. So we're going to be talking about vision and the mission of our church and how we can move together as a faith community into the very purposes of God. But it really starts with you and me saying, God, renew my heart for this local church. And maybe you're here today and you're new to church and I want to just invite you along this journey. This, this message this morning is really about uh, where we're going as a church. And the beautiful thing is whether you're a longtime First Assembly attendee or whether you're brand new in church today, uh, this vision where God is calling us to go together, it really includes everybody. And so the, I, I hope that, uh, that you will uh, be encouraged today as we, as we talk about having a heart for the house. Today I want to show you how the church is like a home. The church really is like a home, it's like a family. It's a dwelling place for God's presence as his people come together uh, in, his, in his name. And I want to show you also how we can be on mission together very strategically and corporately uh, as God calls us together. The, the title of the message today, if you're taking notes, and uh, uh, I saw a few pens and paper if, or whatever if you want to do that, no pressure. But if you are taking notes, the title of the message this morning is home is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is. Can we just pray together? Father, thank you for this day you've given us. We love you. God, we love what you're doing in your church. We love what you're doing in Canada. We love what you're doing in Calgary. We love, God, how you've called us together as a community, Lord, who uh, have become alive because of Jesus Christ. Lord, you've not called us to live in the ways of deadness and the people we used to be, God. Uh, you've made us alive. We were once dead and lost, but we've been found because of your love. And in that, there's freedom and there's joy. And God, we pray today that each one of us would experience uh, just that fresh joy, a fresh heart uh, for you and, and for your church in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You know, there's really something exciting and, and something beautiful about coming home, coming home. Um, perhaps you've traveled before overseas. Maybe it was a third world country and, and uh, you know, you've been away for a while or, or, or you've just been far away from home somewhere else. And then finally to get home and you walk into your house and the, the familiar uh, smell of your house, and hopefully it smells good. Um, and, and uh, you know, the way the furniture is set, you know, just some of the things that you cherish about your house and your home. And maybe you have a, a favorite chair uh, that, you, that you love to sit in. Uh, in your house, and, and, and uh, it's comforting. I remember going away uh, on a, a missions trip uh, several years ago, and I was over three weeks in, in Africa on this trip, and, and uh, I remember finally traveling back home to Canada, and the first sign of home was getting on the Air Canada airline. Now, when you've been away from Canada that long, and you get on Air Canada and I didn't care if they were speaking French or English. I had no idea what was going on. I just said, give me some peanuts with the Air Canada logo. I'm going home. I was so happy 
even just to be on Air Canada. I haven't even left the other country yet. I was looking forward to going home. There's something beautiful about home. Home is about protection. Home is about nourishment. Home, home is about celebration. And, and, and really, it's about relationships. It's about our relationships with each other and our relationship with, with God. And as we are together uh, at home, it's a beautiful thing. Home is where the heart is. It's a place of, of joy. It's a place of, of excitement. You know, David in the Old Testament, he was the king of Israel, as you Look at, at, at the Old Testament. He was also a, a picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. And so King David, he, he said this, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. He was excited. He says, I'm excited about going to the house of the Lord. In David's time, this would have been the temple. Uh, that, that David, he said he had it in his heart that he would build a house for God and his son Solomon uh, uh, actually built the temple, but before that, the tabernacle. And David was excited about going to the tabernacle with some other people. They were going there to worship. And he says, as we go to the tabernacle where the presence of God is, where the ark of God is, I'm excited about being in the presence of God with God's people. He says, I was, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Were you glad when somebody said to you, it's time to go to church this morning? Or did you hit your alarm clock and go, I need another half an hour? I did, actually. <laughs> I did hit snooze this morning. Heather's there. to, to Again, I can't get away with anything. Um, but honestly, I, w- I woke up this morning. I said, I'm excited. I'm glad, I'm glad to, to go to the house of the Lord. And David had a love for the presence of God. And, and I believe that as we experience together the presence of God, we experience home. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty, he said. My, my soul yearns and he even faints for the courts of the Lord. This is David as he writes these beautiful lyrics to, to song. God, I'm singing about it. I want to be in your presence. He said, blessed are those who, who dwell in your house. You know, Moses, he wrote a psalm as well. In Psalm 90, Moses wrote, Lord, through all the generations, you, you have been our home. Moses understood that the presence of God was, was like a home. God's house, the church, it's, it's where God's people are joined together, becoming a, a home, a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. And that's what coming together as a local church is in a city. We, we love the kingdom, and we're kingdom people, and there's all kinds of expressions, but there's a unique expression here at First Assembly. And having a heart for the house is saying, God, stir in me again a fresh heart for this house, this home, uh, this location here on Elbow Drive and over at West Hills Movie Theater. I was just over there for the 10 o'clock service. And it's exciting what God's doing at the West Hills. It's, it's one church. It's different locations. And we're moving together in a vision. And it was like coming home when I walked in there at 10 o'clock as people are hanging out and, and the church is experiencing some some great things, the campus over there. And so it's, it's beautiful. There's several pictures of the church in the Bible. You'll see metaphors and pictures. And one of the pictures is that the church is like a bride. Uh, and, and another picture is that the church is like a body. And we're going to be talking about that as we move forward, how the body has many parts and we all function. And as we function together, uh, there's health and there's movement. But another picture in Scripture is that of family and, and home, a dwelling place. Uh, for God as the people to come together in that place. Ephesians chapter 2. We looked at Ephesians this past summer. And so let's go back there. But I want to read it from the message paraphrase. Uh, 
and Ephesians chapter 2. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. Isn't that, isn't that encouraging? I hope that's encouraging for you today. You belong here. You, you have a right. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what kind of mistakes you've made in your life. You have just as much a right to be a follower of Jesus here today than anybody else in this building. So let that condemnation just be broken off your life. If you came in today going, I'm not really that great of a Christian. It's like, there ain't no such thing. There's only an awesome, great God who has saved us by his grace and his mercy. There's no such thing as some great spiritual giant Christian. Now, as we walk with Jesus, we become more like him and we reflect Christ. But all of us, friends, are so in need of his grace. And so you have just as much of a right, whoever you are this morning, you belong with God's people in God's home, in his house says he's using all of us, irrespective of how we got here. In what he's building, he used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, and now he's using you, fitting it in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into a temple in which God is quite at home. I'm so thankful for people here this morning. So many of you uh, just live out. Your whole life just shouts, I have a heart for God's house. Many of you just shout, I have a heart for First Assembly, for this church here in Calgary. Many people have gone before us who have had a heart for the house. In 1929, there was a group of believers that gathered together in Calgary And they gather together seeking God, saying, we have a heart to establish a place that's a home for the presence of God in this city. We we have a heart to come together and and be on mission and live our lives on mission. And their vision and their heart was about reaching people with the love of Jesus Christ, loving people that they would find Jesus Christ as they love people and love one another. The scriptures say that they will know that we are followers of Christ because of our love for each other. And this group got together and they began to love people and the church began to grow and they began to share the gospel. And they had a heart for the house. And over the years, many people have have come with a heart for the house, a heart to, to build something here in this city for God. And they rented in this time uh, an upper room uh, right downtown, right beside the old Robin Hood flour mill. They, they, the, the early pioneers of this church uh, had a heart and they rented a room and God blessed the church and they begin to grow. And through the years, people have prayed and participated and sacrificed and said, I'm not just going to be a spectator. I'm going to get involved. I'll, I want to be involved with what God is doing as he builds his home, his, the house of God in this city. And God is calling you and me to keep building this home in this time. And that's the season of vision that we're moving into. It's God's habitation. It's where his presence is and his people come together. You know, First Assembly really is a house of God's favor. It seems to me that there are some particular people and some churches and some groups that seem to have a a specialized favor upon their lives. It's, It's just... I. 
I can't quite explain it. I guess favor is favor. The, the old saying is favor is not fair. It just lands on, on groups. And this congregation from the very beginning, although we've had some challenges and we've had some, some ups and downs, there has been a continual outpouring of God's blessing and favor upon this people, this church. Did you know that? That over the years, there has been an outpouring of, of, of his presence and people have come to Christ and, and multiple churches have been planted. Many, many churches in this city were either planted by you, this assembly, in years gone by, or they were, this church was participating in seeing other churches get started and launched. Uh, there have been missionaries sent out around the world. We were just over at West Edge Campus and we were praying for Courtney and she's heading off to Thailand, and we're just laying hands on her. Next Sunday, you'll hear from uh, Ryan and Stephanie Iverson, and they have recently just obeyed God in a call to, to move into uh, the world of mission as they, as they reach uh, Italy with the gospel of Christ. And so uh, we just believe in, in people being sent from this place. And, and there's a favor on this church that, uh, that God has, has blessed us in such significant ways. First Assembly is one of those places. We've experienced many miracles, financial miracles. But, friends, here's the thing. It is not about us, and it's never been about us. This favor that God has put on us is never, it's not about us. It's about what God desires to do through this church for his city. And so this morning, God is saying he wants to stir in us a fresh heart for the house. Calgary today. There's a picture of Calgary currently. It's now 1.2 million people as of the 2014 statistics, so it's probably a little bit larger now. It's a very young city. Did you know that the median age in Calgary is 36.1 years of age? So if you're 36.1, like you just had a birthday, like a few weeks ago, you are the average Calgarian. Congratulations. Um, Yeah. (laughs) It's a young city. And so one of our priorities as a church is to focus our energy on the next generation. We're excited about what's happening with the youth and the kids. And we're excited about focusing our heart there because there's young families and there's children. And and we, we believe in all generations working together and honoring all generations. But friends, if we're in a young city, a growing city, we must have a priority towards reaching the next generation of Jesus Christ. And that's our heart in this house, that we focus on the next gen. You'll be hearing more about that in a couple weeks, our priority of next generation. And there are people that are are here in this city, friends. And and they they are longing and they are waiting. And, and, And I believe that as God leads us forward as a church, there will come a time where we will, I believe, acquire new lands and new properties. I believe it's part of the DNA. It's where we're going. And we're trusting God for his provision and his timing. And I believe that there'll be other expressions and other churches, but friends, our city is not so much waiting for buildings to be built or lands to be purchased, but our city is longing for a home, a spiritual home, a home of where God's people come together in his presence and live out the DNA, the, the calling and the grace that is upon us as his people. Individually, each one of us have the spirit of God, have Jesus living inside of us as we are followers of Christ, the spirit of God, Romans 8, who raised Jesus from the dead. He lives in you. He lives in you. And then together we are, as we looked in our text this morning in Ephesians, we are together in him being built as a dwelling place, as a home for the spirit of God to live in. 
Home is where the heart is. And God desires our hearts to have a renewed emphasis and and excitement and passion for this local church. There's a familiar story in the Old Testament. It's of Jacob's dream. And Jacob was was out traveling. And as he was out uh, traveling, it became nighttime. And he said, I'm going to get some sleep out here in, in the great outdoors. And I can imagine that night looking up at this beautiful starry night and all he could find to lay his head was, was a pillow uh, that was made, it was a stone. It was a stone pillow. And so as Jacob slept on this stone pillow, he had a dream. God gave him a supernatural dream. And it was uh, a ladder, a stairway that was going uh, up and down. It was up and down with angels ascending and descending. And you've probably heard of this before. Maybe it's the very first song that you learned on the guitar, The Stairway to Heaven. And uh, most people are familiar with that. And so this dream, this, this dream that he had, and he, he experienced God in such a profound way, and it was at a place called Bethel where he had this dream. And it says in Genesis 28, 16, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And he says, I wasn't even aware of it. The Lord was, was here, but I wasn't aware of it. And he said, This is none other, he says, than the house of God. That's what Bethel means. Bethel means house of God. In other words, Jacob was saying, I encountered God in such a supernatural way. Before I encountered him, I wasn't even aware of his presence in my life. But now that I've encountered him, he's become a home for me. His presence is become, it's like, this is the house of, this is where God lives. This is where God dwells. And friends, there are people in our city today longing for a home, longing for the sense of the presence of God to be real in their lives. God's house, Bethel, it is still to be experienced. It is still to be experienced here today in this generation, in this time. There are still so many in our city that are not aware these are great times of great opportunity in our city. The economy is going crazy, but God is at work. God is not threatened by the economy. God is at work in you and me, and he's renewing our heart for this house. He's given us more faith than we've ever had. He's given us more opportunity to stretch out and envision and faith. And Even in a season where our, our resources have been more limited and all those kinds of things, we are trusting God, and we are still stepping out in faith for the future of what he has because God has put on our heart that we would have a heart for his house. And it doesn't matter what happens in the world. It doesn't matter what happens in our economy. God wants to give us a fresh and a renewed heart in this season because there is a city longing saying, I want to go home. I need a home. I need a spiritual home. And if we don't do our part, First Assembly, to step into all of the purposes of God, to become this place that is a spiritual home, in our unique calling, in our unique expression of the body of Christ, there is only one body that is this body, First Assembly. There is only one favor and grace that has landed upon us, and we must step in and step up to it in Jesus' name and walk in it and walk in authority and joy and excitement and vision for where God's taking us. These are times of great opportunity. What God is doing now, he's rekindling our hearts for this house. He's rekindling our hearts for his presence. We have a significant problem in our city of homelessness. And one of the things that this church has been instrumental in being a part of over the years is establishing the Calgary Dream Center on McLeod Trail. If you drive on McLeod Trail on the way down 
Uh, some of you may not know, but it's the Calgary Dream Center. By the grace of God, we've been able to uh, serve the needs in our city. There are men and now women and families who are finding a home, homeless people finding a home because of the obedience of this house, the leadership, and all of us together trusting God. And we're doing our best, and it's exciting. But even more, there's not just a physical need of homelessness that we are to meet, but there's a spiritual need of homelessness. That as we come together as a body of Christ, as we come together and step in with faith to where God's calling us in this vision of loving all people to Jesus, then we will see. We will see God's home established and his presence and his purpose is fulfilled in our lives and in our church. So God is building something supernatural. I want to show you this, uh, our vision. God is building us together as a home. There's a place that we all fit within this vision. I'm going to show you in a minute. But here's our vision as, as a body, as a, as a unique body here, First Assembly, that is graced specifically to fulfill what he's called us to do. Here's our vision. And it's simple, and it's portable, and a kindergartner or one of the eldest members of our congregation can memorize this, loving all people to Jesus. That's what we see. That's, that's where we're going. That's what, it's, that's what we are doing. I, I've heard some amazing stories, even within our congregation over the last few weeks, of, of people, you, reaching out to the needs practically in our city, offering people help and, and uh, furniture and just being there to help with, with practical needs. And I, I've heard these stories, and I've been so proud to say it's happening. Our vision is actually moving in action. We're, we're seeing uh, some of the things that, that have happened through our Tehillah community, the young adults getting together, and, and they've had nights specifically saying, we're just going to go out, and they're spending their own money, and they're buying people coffee, and they're just saying, we just want you to know simply that Jesus loves you. It's happening all over our city, and, and people are feeling it, and they're sensing it. And so that's where we're going. We're not, we're not called to, to save anybody. Only Jesus Christ can save. It's not our job to save people. It's our job to love people and to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus with them. That's our job. And then we leave the rest with God. Why? Why do we do this? Why do we gather? What's our vision? What's the purpose? 2 Peter 3.9 says that God doesn't want anybody lost. He doesn't want anybody lost. He wants everybody to come to know him. And so having a heart for the house is having a heart for God. It's having God's heart up to, as to why we are together moving in his purposes. Instead, God is patient with us. I'm so thankful he's patient with me. I'm thankful he's patient with us, but he's wanting and he's longing that none, none should perish, that none would be lost, that all would come to a place of knowing him and repentance. So that's why we love people, because God loves people, and he's changed our hearts. And then our mission, this is practically how, how we walk in this vision together. And I want to call you to two things this morning, but let's look at our mission. We are a spirit-empowered community. What that means is 
We are spirit-empowered. We realize that the Holy Spirit is available today for us. His power, His presence. We need the Holy Spirit. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit, the baptism of the Spirit. We believe miracles are for today. We believe in signs and wonders. All those kinds of things are possible. We believe in boldness and faith and creativity as we share the gospel, that we share it in supernatural ways, and, and we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell upon those believers, some people said, you guys are absolutely out of your minds, you're drunk. And other people said, I can hear the wonderful works of God in a language that I understand. We believe as a community that as God empowers us, some people may not ever get it, but there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people in our city who are hungry and looking for a home. And as we are spirit-filled, they will say, I hear the wonderful works of God. And it makes sense to me because you, I've experienced the love of God. I've experienced the goodness of God. We are a spirit-empowered community. And we are on mission. We have to be on mission. Jesus said to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. We live our lives ultimately on mission. As we are sending out Courtney from West Edge, as we are uh, creating worship albums and, and sending them out across the airwaves of the world. Everything we do, everything we breathe, as the high school students come together in a couple of weeks and the, for the 403 conference, we are on mission to reach young people with Alpha and in their high schools. And, and we are not just coming together just to feel good about ourselves. We are together to be empowered and impacted and changed by his presence that we can make a difference in the lives of other people on mission. On mission. May everything we do be on mission. And then we're helping people. And we're helping people to know that they're not judged where they're at, that they belong. That they belong. They belong to friends and community as we express the love of Jesus. The heart of belonging is what we see in Jesus when he said, Zacchaeus, you're a dirty, rotten tax collector like I talked about last week. He says, but I'm coming to your house. I want to hang out with you. Like Levi, the tax collector, who was ripping people off as well, likely. I don't care if you've ripped people off. I don't care. I'm come, I, want to, I want to hang. You belong with me. It's the woman at the well that Jesus met who was living a life of, of adultery and shame. And he just opened up a conversation with her. And he said, hey, you know what? If you're looking for something and you're thirsty spiritually, I'm what you're looking for. And he didn't judge her or condemn her. And she was changed by his love and encounter with him. This is what it means to be a people that allow people to belong. We just invite them into our lives. We just invite them into our church. We invite them into our neighborhoods and to our homes and our kitchens and the restaurants around the city. We just say, Jesus, who are the people that you just want me to love and just show your love to? Because people need to know there's a home. There's spiritual homelessness in our city. And we have a home that we can invite people to. And when we invite people over in the natural, when we invite people over for some food, what happens? We get out the vacuum. We get the kids working. Somebody's loading the dishwasher. Somebody's unloading the dishwasher. Somebody's cleaning the bathrooms upstairs. We, we begin to participate. And part of being home and part of being a family is that there are seasons of work. And friends, it is, we do things with excellence. That's one of our, our values, that we are excellent in spirit and we do our best, not perfection, but we do things well. Why? Not just for us. We do it for those people who are not yet here, that they would know and see the love of God as we help people to belong and to believe and to become themselves 
influential disciples of Jesus. Here's the growth track that Sarah talked about. It's four weeks of developing a heart for the house. And it's helping all of us to belong, believe, and become, and to be on mission. I believe that there are people that, that will, you're going to discover your purpose as you step into this growth track. As Sarah mentioned, just as a reminder, it's going to be happening starting October 2nd, and we are going to run this four weeks at a time, and the vision will be that we're always going to be offering a growth track throughout most of the year, an opportunity for new people to engage. But one of the things I'm calling us to do as a congregation is over this next year, this between now and, and the new year, and even into the new year, if you're not able to do it this fall, we're going to be offering growth track again. But this school calendar year, that you would commit to saying, I'm going to go through growth track, even if you are somebody who's been attending here for the longest time. And the reason why I want to encourage us to go through is I want to encourage us to get on the same page. And you're going to be hearing the vision of the church a little more extensively than I've shared this morning, a little bit more about how you can participate, be involved, and serve. And this is not to get you busier. I'm so busy already. It's not about getting you busier. It's about allowing you to step in wholeheartedly to, to serve and to find fulfillment as God has called us together to create a dwelling place, a home in this city. It's not just for you. It's for others who are not here yet. But friends, I'll tell you, it will bless you. As you begin to serve, you'll become more like Jesus. And one of the things that we're committed to as a leadership is we don't want to burden people with, with, that you're the only person serving every week. We're actually encouraging people saying, look, just serve once a month. Find somewhere to serve once a month. We want you to be in community. We want you serving somewhere once a month. And we want you just to be involved in, in continuing to gather together on weekends so that you can be encouraged and find hope and strength. And so we're going to be starting this. It's, it's, uh, there's no charge. There's lunch included, but we are asking you to register. And uh, we're going to be doing it in the gym. Our staff this week, are, we're all going to be going through growth track, the whole entire staff. Uh, so... We want to be immersed together in a common vision and a common mission as we help other people. We want to first go through it ourselves. So I believe here's where we're just going to land it today. I believe that there are so many people in this place you already have such a heart for God and you already have such a heart for this house. I'm so thankful for you. But I'm asking the Lord to really revitalize us in this season as we look at vision, saying, God, would you again breathe on us? And give us a passion and a heart. Here's two things I'm going to ask of you as we say, Lord, give me a fresh heart for your house. Here's two things. Two things. Number one, will you pray for First Assembly? Will you pray? And what I challenged the others this morning is when you gather together for your meal, uh, most of you who are Christ followers, it's not a religious thing or like sometimes we forget, right? How many people have just like started eating? You're like, oh, I guess I should have asked, you know, the blessing or something. And somebody gets mad at you, then you feel condemned and you don't feel like you belong. And you're like, I can't even follow Jesus. And you feel like backsliding and, you know, it just goes downhill from there, right? I know I've been there. Because <sighs> we get hungry. We just, but quite often, it's, it's, it's not a bad habit. I, I, I do it personally just to remind myself that I live in the top, few percent of the world, like as far as what I, I can eat today. So I just say, thank you, Lord. I acknowledge that everything comes from the, the hand of the Lord, and, and it's a spirit of thankfulness. So as you pray, though, as you gather with your family, could I just ask you to pray for our church? Even for this next season, as we're in this series, Heart for the House, when you gather and pray, can you say, Lord, 
I thank you for this amazing cheeseburger that I'm about to eat. And God, I pray for our church. And would you pray two things? Would you say, Lord, would you give me a renewed heart for First Assembly? And God, would you bless the leaders and bless the people? You could pray for the pastors. God knows we need it. Please pray for me. Please pray for us. But also pray for maybe some other people that you know in our community. God may just, just pray for somebody at the church. Pray for our church. Pray for the leadership. Pray for what God's doing. Say, Lord, and it doesn't have to be long and drawn out. You know, the Bible just says that it's a fervent uh, and effective prayer that the Lord sees. It's not a long prayer. So, you know, you don't have to be, oh, thou great, you know, Father. You know, and go on, King James, and just say, God, thanks for this cheeseburger. And God, bless First Assembly. Give me a renewed heart for the house. Bless Pastor Tim. Bless Pastor Sarah. Bless what you're doing. God, thank you for that new family I met on Sunday. God, just, just remember them. Would you commit to praying. Would you prioritize prayer? The other thing is the very first Sunday of every month we've carved out as an hour and a half where we come together corporately. I know it's not always possible for everybody to be here, but friends, as we pray together, we will see the goodness and the grace and the miracles of God released in a new season. So we're calling us together to pray. We meet Sunday night, the first Sunday of every month, and we meet at 6 o'clock to 7.30. You can bring your kids. You can... Encourage your kids to come and and pray. We're going to let you out early enough that you can get home if you have a big day Monday morning. And so we're going to prioritize that prayer, that prayer time together. I'm just going to ask you to consider that. Last time we prayed a few weeks ago on the first Sunday of September, it was a long weekend, but you know, my heart was so blessed by the amount of people that actually came. You guys are coming. It's amazing to me. People came to pray. And we were praying that God would enable us to take spiritual ground and, you know, as we prayed, I said to the prayer group that Sunday night, I said, you know what, guys? We're not just wishing and hoping. As we pray, things are actually shifting in the heavenlies. And you can know. We'll pray for your family. We'll pray for your needs. We'll pray together corporately. And so prioritize prayer. The second thing is to prioritize participation. So will you participate? And what that means is will you actually say, Lord, I want to participate. I'm going to set my heart to participating in a way Maybe that's new. Some of you are already participating. Many of you are already serving. Maybe you're serving in, in one area, and, and the Lord might be stirring another area. One of the v- things we have is we're going to be rolling out this year is we want to multiply our community groups. And so begin to think and pray about that. Maybe you could be a leader. Maybe you could open your home. But will you, will you participate? Will you participate with your time, with your talent, with your treasure? Will you participate and get involved? You know, one of the stats is that 80%, sorry, rather 20%, this is the normal kind of North American church, 20% of the people, listen to this, do 80% of the serving in, a, in an average church. And 20% of the people give 80% of the offerings and the tithes in an, in an average church. Here's the vision for First Assembly. We want to be not an average church. We are not called to be another average North American church. And our vision is at least that 80% of us can participate. That 80% of us can give. 80% of us can serve. And we can get involved so that we could become a place that is a habitation, a house, a home. For people who are desperately, spiritually homeless. That we would be obedient to walk in and fulfill the vision that God's called us to. This morning... I want to show you a video of one of the people that serve in our house, and her name is Alice, and so let's, let's look at that on the screen.
And then uh, I'm going to share a few more thoughts as we prepare for a time of communion together. What better way to participate in prayer and in participation as we gather around uh, the communion table. So let's look at Alice's story here real quick. It was 1980, and I remember my husband and I first started to attend First Assembly. We loved the church, and we started having uh, helping with the care ministry, and we had home groups in our home uh, as well. The church knew I used to work in accounting, so in 2004, they approached me to see if I would like to volunteer in the accounting department. I agreed and have been volunteering for 12 years. My husband, Michael, had been an usher in the church for many years. He passed away four years ago after 60 years of marriage. And I met so many uh, people in the church who've been a blessing to me uh, because they had been through the same thing. Volunteering has been helpful for me because it keeps me in touch with the job I had been doing for years, keeps my mind active, and keeps me in community with people in the church. I'm 85, still driving my own car, and living in my own house. The Lord has been very good to me. It's such a benefit to be involved in your community, your church family. It gives you something to look forward to, to get up in the morning for, and it's also a blessing to the Lord. Come on. That's exciting. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning, and we're going to begin to prepare for communion just in a moment. But Alice is a beautiful picture of somebody who has a heart for the house. And this morning as we prepare for communion, I want to encourage us just for a few moments as we reflect this morning on this vision that God's called us to. What does it look like for you to prioritize prayer just daily in your life? And even in particular saying, God, renew my heart for the local church. If it's here that God's called you first assembly, then pray for this house. If you attend another church, awesome. We love that. Be, be committed where you are. We're just saying we, just, we need everybody together in the city. But if it's here and you feel here, that you pray and you pray for our leadership and you pray for our church and you, you if you can, to prioritize uh, corporate prayer together with us and then that you would participate. Maybe there's a way that you can begin to participate, maybe how you haven't in the past and God would speak to you about what that would look like. And so I want to encourage us as we just spend this time. Maybe you're here this morning and and you're kind of like Jacob, that you know, that you're in that place where you're in the house of God, but you didn't know you didn't know it. You're hungry for a home. You're hungry for a relationship with God. That's what that's what He meant. God is, this is the house of God. In other words, God's here. And today you can enter into God's family. If you're here for the very first time, you're new to church, and you say, "I want to give my life to Christ." I just want to encourage you. To, if you just close your your eyes and bow your heads just for a moment this morning, and if you're here today and you say, even before we take communion together, you say, "I want to become a follower of Christ." Maybe it's your first time or you've been, maybe, maybe you've 
haven't served God for years or you just had a religious experience, but today you want to say, that's me, Pastor. Remember me in prayer. Can I just ask you for a moment? I'm going to lead you in a prayer, but if you're here today, would you just slip up your hand quickly so I can remember to pray for you, saying, oh, I'm going to give my life to Jesus today. There's many people last Sunday that said yes, and there might be some here this morning. I'm just going to wait a minute. If you're just here, say, remember me. I want, to, I want you to pray for me. I, I need Christ in my life today. I'm just going to look around. Just, just give it a moment. Up on the balcony. Just raise your hand and just hold it there until I see you. This morning, there might be some people here this morning. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, thanks. I see the hand. Is there anybody else? Yeah, I see people's hands. Just, just raise it and I want to pray for you. Yeah, I see hands in the balcony. Thank you, Lord. And so, Father, you see these hands that have gone up. More importantly, you see every heart. You see every heart. And so, God, I pray that right now today, that, Lord, as these ones would reach out to you with your grace, that they would find a home. They would find a home, and that home would be with you, Jesus. So, God, I pray in the name of Jesus. If you just raise your hand, or if that's in your heart today, just pray from your heart. Say, Jesus, here I am. Today, I give you my life. I ask you to save me. Forgive me of my sins. I'm coming home. Lord, today, I choose to put my trust in you. Thank you for saving me. Just pray something like that from your heart today. And you can know, friend, that Jesus is meeting you right now, right where you are. I'm going to ask the ushers uh, to come together, to come to the front this time. I'm just going to ask you to be seated just for a few moments. The the worship team is going to lead us in Jesus, I love you. And uh, we're going to distribute the communion together before we go today. And Pastor Sarah is going to come and lead us through it as we conclude our service together this morning. Thank you, Lord.